Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's cast, Distant Manager Basics, part one of two. Here we go. Mark, let me ask, let me ask you a question here, because this is something that comes up quite a bit and in, in today's world more frequently than probably we'd like it to happen. But we get this question all the time. How do I manage when some of my directs aren't co-located with me, right? I'm in Chicago. I got team members in York and I got team members in London and I have team members right. in, in Los Angeles. The fact is, this team is far flung across the world. It makes a sense for my organization. We don't have to get into when it makes sense, when it doesn't, but it's just, it just makes sense here. But man, management in this situation, it's hard. It's harder. Yeah. And, and you know, this is a compounding of the fundamental mistake that I believe most organizations make. This is an organization tool, so we don't talk about what companies should do, but you know, you, you promote somebody to manager, you don't give them any training. 30 to 40%, maybe even 60 or 70% of their job changes. And they, you know, there, there's no reason to believe that the average company does a good job of seeing the change and preparing people for it. And it's hard enough when somebody's co located. Management from a distance makes things notably harder. It's not twice as hard. Although I will tell you, if you're a frontline manager and you've never managed, and the choice is, taking a team that's all co-located with you or a team that's not co-located with you at all, I believe that is twice as hard. It's probably not twice as hard if you've already managed a couple of times with people co-located with you, but but it's enormously harder. And I believe this is another one of those things that goes to the idea that if companies are not going to help managers get better when they become managers, and then they're also not going to say, this is different now. Here are some things you need to know. We want to give you some ideas about this then I, I, it just proves the point that companies are not blind, but just, you know, not willing, not able to invest in the important basic skills, the, the behavioral stuff you need to do as a manager. You know, the question is, what can we as managers do to increase the chances that the distance between us and our directs, when it's necessary for the business, it's not always as necessary as companies say, but, but sometimes it is, how can we make sure that that distance doesn't affect our ability to produce results? Okay, so this cast is about some simple things you can do now. Um, we've got five recommendations. Number one is do phone one-on-ones. We, we've had a cast about that, um, you know, a couple of years ago, perhaps, but but we'll come back to it. We want to talk about how important it is relative to uh, folks who are distant from you. And actually, I think in the cast we did a year ago, we actually talked about phone one-on-ones for those people who might have been traveling or when you're traveling rather than people who are permanently away from you, even more important for people who are permanently away from you. Number two, we've got to increase our use of webcams. There are some issues there and we'll talk about those, but webcams help because human beings were meant to communicate face to face. Number three, shoot for a daily phone call, or let's put it this way, shoot for making a phone call to them every day. We'll describe that in a minute. Number four, we recommend you demand shared calendars which would probably 95, 99% of the time happen if they were co-located, right? Uh, and yet for some reason, people aren't co-located. And so therefore, oh yeah, we're not going to be able to see their calendar. That's crazy. Crazy talk. Crazy talk. Okay. <laughs> and, and number five, demand more frequent updates. People who are distant 
managers just don't realize the random interactions that one has with people who are co-located and how that gives you a sense of how things are going. And you lose that. And people rely on that a great deal in the office. Think about the managers, Mike, over the years who have said, well, I don't need to do one-on-ones. I talk to my people all the time. We run into each other. We say hi. We chat for a minute. Well, that doesn't happen when people are distant. And people use that as a key part of their their managerial training or the managerial behavioral set, which is like, you know, management by walking around kind of thing. You ain't doing that with somebody in London if you're in Chicago or vice versa. I spoke with somebody recently at a conference and they were working distant from their manager. They hadn't spoken to their manager in eight weeks. (laughs) I mean, how bad is that? Right. And and, and look, here's the thing. That person probably feels unmanaged or, you know, there, there are some, the high Ds are like, this is great. I'm not being managed. But look, folks, this is manager tools. Let's be clear. That manager is not doing their job. Yeah. And if at the end of that quarter, that direct has great results, here's the problem with that. The question is not how well they did. The question is how much better they could have done had they been effectively managed. And yeah, we're not, we're not afraid of admitting here at Manager Tools that we have uh, a more assertive approach to management than most people do. But we're nowhere near aggressive or even really assertive. We're just more assertive than doing nothing at all or benign neglect. But eight weeks, I mean, that's just holy Toledo. If I were if I were the director of that manager and he says, Yeah, I haven't talked to him in like eight weeks, I'd say, Hey, can I give some feedback? When you say stuff like that, it makes my head explode. <laughs> right? Yeah. I was just like, wow, dude. Yeah. Okay. And it's messy for both you and me. Yeah, totally messy. We okay. don't like that stuff. So let's, let's talk about Phone 101. So now, for many of our fans, this is going to seem like really old news, right? But we want to be crystal clear here. Distance between you and your direct is not a reason to not engage in the fundamentals. And the fundamentals are know your directs. Talk to them about performance. Ask for more from them every day and challenge Mm -hmm. them with harder stuff. And it starts with the relationship. And for that, we recommend 101s. Now, Face-to-face one-on-ones are better? Yeah, sure. But again, as we always say, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Right. Even if phone one-on-ones are only 80% the value of face-to-face, if you can't do a face-to-face, you don't say, well, therefore, I'm not going to do anything, right? That's nuts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We've said before, you don't have to do one-on-ones, right? If you have some other way of creating solid relationships with the directs on your team, use it. Be thankful because you're engaging in one of the core behaviors that gives you a shot at being a great manager. Relationships both are caused by and then themselves cause increased communication. Increased communication increases trust. Trust gives you a shot at greatness. But distance is really a far tougher obstacle than most managers want to admit. The lack of time spent together seriously erodes two people's abilities to create really effective communications and conversations about work. Now, folks, we're not suggesting you just chat on the phone all the time. Hey, how's it going? What's going on? I am me. Let's, let's, you know, ping me. Let me know what's going on. It's not that. It's let's talk about work. To them, you're the manager and they know they have an obligation to keep you informed and to hear from you about guidance and so on. If you're thinking about far-flung directs is we talk all the time, frankly, We'd bet you're wrong. 
We hear that sometimes when people are using instant messaging and so on and so on. Calling somebody to get a status about something specific is not talking all the time. And even if it were, as we've said a hundred times before, talking all the time is no substitute for the efforts one makes at actual communication, which builds relationships. Talking all the time, we actually heard at a client recently, IMing each other all the time isn't anywhere close to being a relationship. And I actually think that there are directs out there who use electronic communications as a screen. Oh, I talk, you know, my boss can I am me, I am him, and so on. And yet, think about the number of conversations you've been in that that require 100 words or 50 words to ask a question. And then you want to nail that, you want to boil that down to five or 10 words, and you think that fully conveys your point, and you're having a full conversation about the issue at hand? I don't think so. So, for directs who aren't co-located with us, who are distant, we need a systematic way of communicating with them. It's not hard, right? We need a way to hear patterns. And by the way, th- th- this is, Mike, this is the perfect time to talk about the situation where you had a one-on-one with one of your directs, and every single week you'd start out, hey, how's it going? And you'd hear great, 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 great every week for a number of weeks. And then in the next week you heard good, and in the next week you heard okay. And if you don't have some structure to that, and all you're doing is, quote, talking all the time about work and stuff, you miss the opportunity. There's not a space for your direct to create a relationship with you, nor a space where you're really listening hard, as opposed to just talking to somebody between two meetings you're going to. And what ends up happening is you miss that downward trend. And then you find out, oops, my direct is going through a divorce. And oh, by the way, she's been going through a divorce for 18 months and you yeah. didn't know about it. Yeah. Right? And that's happened to me time and time and time again. It even happens to me sometimes when I'm doing one-on-ones every single week. If it happens every single week with directs who are co-located with you, when you're doing one-on-ones, what are the chances it's going to happen if you don't have one-on-ones and the person's distant from you? You might as well admit we have no relationship. Look, folks, if you say, I like him and he likes me, great. There's nothing wrong with that. He's a good guy. I met a couple of guys recently at a conference. I thought, these are good guys. They could be friends of mine. We could play golf. It'd be be awesome, right? If we lived in the same town, we'd be great friends. That doesn't mean we have a relationship. We just think, you know, the first time we talk a couple of minutes, they're good guys. Maybe they don't think that about me. I don't know, right? So we need a way to hear patterns. We need a place for feedback. We need a time to hear of concerns that they might have. We need to create a space where they can come to us to ask questions, which perhaps are delicate. We need a place where they know they can come every week, particularly for those people who need time to prepare. For half of the professional world, for the more reserved folks in the world, right, they're not going to naturally create a relationship with us or reach out to us as much as we might have liked. I mean, how many of us as managers have said, God, if you'd only come to me a couple of weeks ago? Well, when you say that, look in the mirror, right? Who's responsible for the relationship? Both people. I argue the manager has more responsibility because of the power, the role power relationship, right? Yeah. If you've ever had somebody resign and you didn't know that they were looking prior to them actually resigning, there you go. There's your indicator. You didn't have a great relationship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you say to yourself, well, gosh, why would I tell my boss that I was thinking about resigning? Well, then maybe you've never had a relationship with your boss either. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now, some of you, I'm going to hurt some feelings here. I don't want to do that. 
Okay. For those of you who know us well, this might be an umbrella moment, right? I'm poking with an umbrella, but you're getting your feelings hurt all by yourself. But no, I don't mean that. I don't mean to sound callous there. This is going to be hard for some of you to hear. But the simple fact is that the average manager, based on our experience over the last 25 years, the average manager's behavior around distant directs is out of sight, out of mind. And I'm not saying you're an uncaring person. We're not saying that at all. We're saying you're busy. Look at your calendar. Everybody says how busy they are, right? Your calendar fills up, right? And you don't have time and you're going from meeting to meeting to meeting. And maybe you run into your folks in the halls in between. And when you sit down at your desk, people come in and ask you questions. That's great. But not the person who's distant from you, right? And so it's not that you think to yourself, I don't have to manage them. It's not that you think to to yourself, thank gosh, he's not here. It's not that you think to yourself, I don't care about them. What happens is you get busy. You don't talk to them. You give their emails the same shrift that everybody else gets. And suddenly you're spending what amounts to 80% less time to the distant person than you would to them if they were co-located, comparing them to the other people who are co-located with you. Okay. All things being equal, the average manager talks less to, thinks less about, measures less often and less well, gathers less data about, knows less about, provides less guidance to, coaches less, and gives less feedback to the direct who is distant as opposed to the direct who's in the same building. And let me tell you something, gets even worse. I've just read this recently in the Harvard Business Review. We hate to tell you this, folks. The data on being in the same building doesn't bode well for us as managers either. Being in the same building on a different floor I'm going to say this again. If you are in the same building as one of your directs, but you're on a different floor, that is, according to a large survey of managers who were co-located on the same floor, co-located but on different floors uh, in the same building, and then far flung, you know, 100 miles away or more, being in the same building on a different floor is roughly equivalent to being hundreds of miles away in terms of the manager's behavior around communication, measurement, knowledge, and relationship. That's freakish. Maybe it's not for you. It's just data, right? But I say to myself, wow, there it is. And, 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 and that's when I, when I saw that, that's when my thinking coalesced around out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And don't mistake us that, that the fact that that is true doesn't mean that if somebody's on a different floor from you, that you should do phone one-on-ones versus face yeah. <laughs> one-on-ones. I, yeah, I just thought, I just thought I mentioned it because yeah. somebody we looking um, for an excuse. <laughs> But, but now, but you know, to be fair, I, I feel like I'm being kind of, I'm not, I hope I don't, don't sound sharp. What I'm getting at is let's not be average managers, folks. Let's ask ourselves, what would we want? And yeah, some of you would say, I don't want to be managed, but let me put it differently. What would you expect your directs would want if you didn't manage them for eight weeks or they were out of sight and out of mind, and then you discovered a big problem and now you really have to get involved with them. Is that how they want to be managed? Or are they willing to tolerate some professional interaction on a regular basis? Not so rare that it, it doesn't feel regular. It's more like periodic, but on a regular basis so that when the stuff hits the fan, if you'll pardon me for saying so, there's actually a relationship there. And the little bit of investment you've done along the way keeps there from being a big bite at some point in the future. Look, if you don't have a system for it, you're highly likely to fall prey to the whole out of sight, out of mind thing. And we don't want you to do that. Particularly, gosh, if you're a new manager, 
Gosh darn it. Nowadays, if you're a newer manager in the, in the corporate world, in the larger organization, in the world of larger organizations, what, what happens is that it's become much easier in the last 25 years for companies to justify teams being far apart, right? Think about it, Mike. 30 years ago, a far-flung team was like, we would only give that to somebody who was really experienced. That's got to be hard. But then we discovered there's cost savings, cost benefits, and the best people we can get may be in a different place. And so we want high talent, high quality people. And, and by the way, folks, in 30 or 40 years, companies are going to be training everybody on this stuff. And so it's going to be okay. Okay, maybe it's 100 years, but I can be optimistic. But it, it didn't used to happen. Now it happens all the time. The problem is it happens all the time to new managers because now the idea is it's okay to have far-flung teams to save some money. But now you don't know anything about your folks and you don't know that you're falling prey to out of sight, out of mind because you don't have a comparison with people who are co-located to you. You may think you're spending roughly equal time with distant folks, but you're not. And you're certainly not getting those random interactions with them as opposed to those folks whom you see every day. So if you aren't already having one-on-ones with your team who are far away from you, please start now. That's my plaintiff cry for the day. But even if you don't want to do that, for heaven's sake, folks, at a minimum, have weekly half-hour meetings with just those folks who are distant. Okay? If you don't want to talk to your people who are co-located, oh, okay. I'll tell you, you're wrong, and, and I would argue with you, and I'd follow my sword. That's the one thing I'd follow my sword about. And golly, don't do that to the people who are distant from you because out of sight, out of mind doesn't change the fact that you're still responsible. You're on the hook. And professionals look at their responsibilities and attempt to address them and manage them professionally. And that means spending some time creating the relationship you need so that you can be effective. Now, look, we have a podcast on phone one-on-ones. Let's cover briefly the, the key points we made. We don't want to, we're not going to reinvent the wheel here. So a phone one-on-one is for when you can't do a face-to-face. The original cast that we did was about what do you do when you're traveling or when they're traveling? And what we said was don't cancel, have a phone one-on-one. Well, obviously, you can't do a face-to-face with people who are distant from you. Now, just to be clear, those three or four or five or ten weeks of the year where they come into the headquarters, that's when you do your face-to-face one-on-one. Okay. Now, at the time, we said webcams are better than phone. But they're a luxury. We, we actually, our next point is going to be to, to overrule that. Uh, our next point was the basics still apply 30 minutes long, 10, 10, 10, 10 minutes for them, 10 minutes for you, 10 minutes to talk about the future. Frankly, with phone one on ones, it's going to be much more like 2010 or 15, 15. Okay. And folks, for those of you who aren't familiar with one on ones, 10 minutes for them, 10 minutes for you, 10 minutes to talk about the future, but 15 minutes, normally 90 plus percent of the time, your one on ones are going to be, they're going to get the first 15 minutes to update you on whatever they want. And then you're going to get 15 minutes to update them on whatever you want. And if you don't know what one-on-ones are, you need to go back and listen to those casts. And as I said to a client recently, and we started getting laughs by the end of the day, we have a cast for that because we're trying to change management. And so it's free. You can go listen just like this one. We definitely recommend the manager call the direct. It sends a nice message, we think. We definitely feel more document sharing is necessary. If you've got somebody distant from you, this relates to our last point, our fifth point today about asking for more freaking updates. If you're managing somebody distant, you've got to see, it's got to be easy for you to get to documents they're working on. If Mike works for me and he is in the same office, I can say, hey, where's Project X status? He says, let me go get it. 
Can't do that if you're distant. So I want to be able to see your documents and not just be able to have access to your laptop when you're there. I want your documents sh shared. I mean, Dropbox would be a great way to do it, provided your IT department will let you so that I can look at the documents that you're working on at any time, uh, particularly if there's a lot of time zone difference, right? If I'm in an eight in the morning, eight in the morning in London, but the guy in, in, in New York isn't at work yet, I still need to be able to see the stuff he's working on. Okay. IT organizations have been doing this for a long time, right? They leave the code. There's a core set of code that's available to everybody and, and programming happens 24 hours a day around the clock based on, you know, as the sun goes through different time zones. And be careful with phone one-on-ones, as we said in the previous cast, because interruptions tend to happen more frequently because people will learn that you're in a one-on-one -on -one when you've got somebody in your office, but when you're on the phone. They just think it's okay to walk in and sit down or to interrupt you. And you've got to learn to, to avoid those. Now, a common response we get regarding being more assertive, and I use that word very carefully, very delicately, if you can use the word assertive delicately, a common response we get when we encourage managers to be more assertive about their relationship building is, well, we don't need to do that because we IM each other all day, okay? Um, you know, we're, we're constantly chatting. You know, I, I think one of the thoughts I'm having coalescing around this is, and I, we hear it quite frequently, we totally respect more communication, right? IMing is fine. It's another communication channel. More communication is better. More communication builds better relationships. Good, 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 good. But let's not overstate its value, okay? Let's not say that 100, hey, how are you doing's is the same as a half, half hour sit down. What are you working on? How are you feeling? Uh, tell me more about this. Let me drill down into this area and so on. A very, very thin top layer pitter patter of chatter back and forth over the course of a day or, you know, a couple of times a week is not the same thing as working on a relationship. Those people who like to use IM vastly overstate its value in our, in our opinion. There is some value, no question. I also think there are some people who use it as a little bit of a shield. Oh, we're talking all the time right? First, as the manager, you're going to be in a lot more meetings than your directs, particularly those your, your, those of your directs who are distant, right? They're probably individual contributors, usually speaking. They're working at their home office. It's probable that the only way they can work is to be at their desk, at their PC. So IMing and some messaging is easy for them, but it's intermittent for you. And for most managers, being available to instant messaging all day and always being able to be interrupted and then interrupting yourself by answering is not an efficient use of your time, which makes it ineffective. Now, can IMing help? Sure it can. Is it a substitute for all the other efforts you might make? No. Is it as good as any other form of communication? No, it's not. Is it good? Yeah. Is it sufficient? Is it, is it necessary? Maybe, maybe not. Is it sufficient? Absolutely not. It is not a replacement, period. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll finish this one up next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long. <laughs>